Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Go to Proverbs 4. Put a marker there. Proverbs 4, because we're going to keep coming back to it. I'm going to share a few other verses along the way. Now, here's what I want to talk about today in relationship to uh, receiving healing from God. Let me review just a little bit, okay? So God provides multiple ways for us to be healed. I know there's still people today who believe God doesn't heal everybody. Well, that would be the same as saying God doesn't want everybody saved. Well, we just read the scriptures this morning in our giving, his desires that all come to the knowledge that all be saved and come to know the truth. That's his desire. Well, the salvation package includes our healing. Now, I don't have time to review all that we've already taught on in this series. I would encourage you to go back to the first five parts and get a hold of what we taught you. Jesus is recognized as the Passover lamb. Sickness and disease is a result of death. Death is a result of sin. We already covered all this. How did death get into the world? Sin. Death came through sin, Romans tells us very clearly. And what actually came along with that death? Guess what there was not on the planet before sin? No sickness, no disease. How many know God wants you well? Because if you don't have a healthy, healed, well body, how are you going to be able to carry out and do all that God wants you to do? So God gives us multiple ways of which we can receive healing by the laying on of hands, by simple faith in the word, prayer of faith, by anointing with oil, a lot of different ways. But what I'm going to talk about today is totally kind of a different direction, but it's important for you to learn to live as a believer. See, God just doesn't want you to have to go through life, keep getting attacked physically, have to deal with it for a period of time, find some way to exercise faith to get rid of it. God wants you to stay well. It was his design. It was his plan. And we understand clearly according to scriptures, I again don't have time to go back to review. This is his purpose in our lives because Acts 10 38 says so. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing what? Who went about doing what? Some of you know the verse. Who went about doing good and healing what? All. All. Meaning what? It's his will for all to be healed. So you got to understand something about healing, though. This is an area that I don't think most Christians get and very important for us to grab a hold of. If you've ever had, anybody ever had hands laid upon you and you've been healed after hands were laid upon you? Anybody ever been received a healing through the anointing with oil? By laying on a hands anointing with oil. Or how about just the prayer of faith? Anybody ever received that? But you know what? One of the key things to maintain, I want to say it this way. You ready? A healthy spiritual immune system is what I'm going to teach you today. As an example, just, the, just, just from a natural perspective, if your natural immune system becomes weak, you can be easily attacked much easier by diseases and sicknesses and stuff because your immune, God gave you your immune system. Because your immune system is weak, it doesn't have the ability to fend that off, to fight that off. But God gave you something more than just a natural immune system. He gave you a spiritual immune system. You're a spirit. God himself gave you the ability through the very word of God to keep your spiritual immune system strong that affects your physical body, that affects your physical health. And just as an example, we'll see it in just a moment, of what obviously natural, good, healthy foods and good, healthy vitamins do for our body, the word of God does even more. 
It'll add to what you're already doing in relationship to, I know you'll have great healthy diets, praise the Lord, and you don't drink sodas every day and do all that stuff. But it'll help you to even maintain a healthier uh, diet, uh, excuse me, a healthier uh, physical body because the spiritual side of you affects every part of you, as I'm about to show you, even your physical health. So what I'm going to talk about today is going to cover two things, basically in the same teaching. One, how to stay in health. I don't want to just get healed. I want to stay healed. I want to stay well. Now, first of all, before I go further in the second point, uh, to stay well, you got to realize it does not mean attacks don't come. But we don't have to put up with them. It's like an enemy comes and knocks on your door. You open the door, he stands up with a gun, let me in. Well, you're going to open the door and say, yeah, man, come on in. Well, see, a lot of people got to understand, the moment you experience any symptom in your body, any symptom, you better know what to do. If you sit around and don't address that symptom, you just open the door to the enemy and say, come on in, man, sit down, take a seat, just find a place, go ahead, man, just make yourself comfortable, be at home. Why? Because you didn't do what you're supposed to do to get rid of him. You didn't do what you're supposed to do to deal with him. So understand this, first and foremost, uh, this doesn't apply to what I'm talking about today. It applies to what I've already taught you. When you get attacked with a symptom, why did Jesus, your Passover lamb, why did he allow his body to be broken for you and his blood to be shed? Not just for you to be born again. By his... Tell me out loud, please. By his stripes... We are what? We are healed. Now, I know there's some who still say, oh, that's spiritual healing. I'm going to tell you what, that's a person who really doesn't know how to read the Bible. You just don't. You, you, I mean, I could take a child in grade school and have them read the Bible and learn it better than most of those people who say that they know the Bible, and that doesn't refer to physical healing. Excuse me, God was anointed, excuse me, Jesus was anointed by God who went about doing good and healing. How many? All. All. In his day. And then he, by his own stripes, gave up the ability, uh, excuse me, gave us the ability to walk in that same healing and help. So what I'm going to teach you today is not tying back to what we talked about before. What we talked about before is when an attack comes, when an attack comes, what do you need to do? You need to immediately acknowledge who purchased your body. Who owns your body? See, where does all sickness and disease ultimately come from? Satan. Does he have a right to take control of your body? Not unless you let him. But you know why a lot of people get attacked and actually allow the enemy to take advantage of their body? Because they don't use their authority to kick him out. So the moment you have a symptom come upon your body, what should you be doing? You should be acknowledging, now this ain't going to work if you don't have faith for it. Right? Romans 10, 11, and 12. How do we overcome this enemy of ours? Blood of the Lamb. So back to the Passover lamb. If they ate of all of that lamb roasted in fire, which represents what? All the word of God. And if they took the blood that was from that lamb, put it over the two side doorposts and over the top, death, which is also where sickness and disease came from, had to do what? Pass them by. Did you did anybody happen to know the 40 years that those guys were in the wilderness, they never got sick? Wow. Why? They put that blood over that doorpost and death had passed them by, including sickness and disease. So you and I have the same ability to do that. When the enemy tries to take advantage of my body with any symptom, I immediately say, wait a minute, whatever the symptom is, if I know specifically what it relates to the attack, whatever it may be, I speak to it. What would you do to an enemy of the door? You speak to it, say, get out of here, and you close the door. You tell them to go. Well, that's exactly what I do. If something comes in my body, I say, uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, you don't have a right to this body. How do I know? Jesus purchased it. Amen. Book of 2 Corinthians, come on. Right. Book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. My body's been purchased, not just my soul, not just my spirit. 
I'm a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. So do you. But Jesus purchased my body as well. He's not just Lord over my spirit. He's Lord over my soul and Lord over my body if I let him be. And I acknowledge him. So what I do is I tell the enemy, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not the Lord of my body. Disease and sick. No, 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 no. Whatever the symptom is. No, no, no. You're not Lord over my body. Jesus is Lord over my body. I command you to go now in Jesus' name. And that's it. I don't keep talking to it. I don't keep dealing with it. So you got to deal with symptoms when they come. But what I'm going to talk about today, back to point number one in, uh, one again, of what we're going to talk about today is how can I maintain health? I'm going to show you how. Number two, what about stuff that's rooted in my body, damage that's been done to my body? Can Jesus really still fix that? Yes, he can. Most of the time, it doesn't happen through some form of laying on of hands because most don't even have enough faith to get delivered from a headache, let alone something like that. But God gave us a way to be able to address these things in our body over time and see them change. So if I had something in the natural, if you just had, didn't have God even as an option in your life, a lot of people don't. If I didn't have God as an option in my life, and something physically is going wrong, what do most people do? What do they do? Go to the doctor, right? Go to the doctor, check me out, find out what's wrong. And then they allow the doctor to diagnose what's going on. I'm not against doctors. I thank God for what doctors do. A lot of Christians would be dead today if it wasn't for doctors. So I'm not against doctors at all. But they're not like Dr. Jesus. They're similar in the sense they're trying to help you. But some can even misguide you. Uh, maybe even good intentions, but still, obviously, they're practicing. Why do you think they're called practicing physicians? I don't really like people practicing on my body. Don't know about you. I just don't. So, but you go to a doctor, right? So what does the doctor do? He checks you out. He diagnoses what you have. Then what does he do? He prescribes something. You take this X amount of times a day, so many days, whatever, and guess what? Over time, you'll see it affect a uh, uh, you know, change in your body. It won't cause a healing. It's not a healing agent, but it'll help change some things because there's properties in what I gave you that will help, obviously, your body to be able to overcome this, whatever, antibiotics, something, you name it. <clears throat> so the truth is, a lot of Christians, sadly, have more faith in that natural doctor than they do Dr. Jesus and the Word of God. They, now, if a doctor gave you a prescription and said, you got to take this three times a day for the next seven days. Okay, so you take it for the first day and then you set it down. You don't even pick it up for the rest of the time. And then you go back to your doctor and you complain. Hey, dude, what's going on? Well, what do you mean? It, it ain't gone. Well, I can see that. Well, why is it not gone? Did you take the pills I gave you? Well, I did for a day. No, I told you seven days. No, I just wanted to take them for a day. I don't have time. I don't have time taking for six days. I have time to make it for a day, but I'm too busy. I got other stuff to do, man. I don't have time to sit here and take these three pills a day for six more days. Well, then what are you coming to me for help for? Because this is the only way I know to help you. You didn't do what I told you. You know, most Christians come to God treated in the same way. God gave you healing medicine. I said he gave you healing medicine. He gave you something to strengthen your immune system that when something attacks you, you'll have no problem getting rid of it. Your immune system would be so strong, your faith... But she'll rise up, man, and kick that thing out in a heartbeat. And it'll help you walk in divine health. And a lot of Christians just don't seem to want to take the time to use it, sadly. Proverbs chapter 4. Now, one last thing I want to say about this is that it's kind of interesting to me. Brother Hagin, who was truly used by God in understanding faith and healing, that was his assignment, and lived it himself for years and years, all those years of his life. Brother Hagin said, you know, in getting to know doctors over my life as a minister, I would ask him certain questions because he was a miracle. You know, he was told, you'll die before 16. There's no way, man. Incurable heart disease. His blood was orange color. 
incurable heart disease, incurable uh, uh, blood disease, all these disorders and stuff. If son, Sorry, son, but if the heart disease doesn't kill you, the blood disease will. If the blood disease doesn't kill you, the heart disease will. Nobody's lived through this. Nobody. We have the best male doctors in the world looked at him, said we have no cure for this, no way to get you out of this. So he obviously got his faith and Jesus, got healed. But afterwards, he was very curious about a lot of things that doctors knew. He would talk to doctors all the time when he was around them. You know what he found out from doctors? They said, you know, Kenneth, it's kind of similar to what you do. You present what you believe is a healing balm that comes from Gilead, from Jesus, from the Word of God, to help people receive healing for their body. But you know what? If they don't believe in what you're telling them, it won't work. You know what? If I give them a prescription and they don't believe it'll help them, do you know their mind will cancel out the power of that drug? And it won't work. I've watched it happen all my practice. I can give them something powerful in the form of a drug that actually has some ability to help their body, to help change that situation. But if they don't really believe it'll work, guess what? It won't work. That's the power of your will. Even over a physical element that's given to you. How much more the Word of God? So this is why we need to learn these verses because if you want them to work for you, as I'm going to show you today, you got to learn to live this. This isn't something you just put into practice just when you got a problem you want to get rid of in your body. I'm not about walking in health. I'm talking about keeping your immune system strong. See, if you don't do what's right to keep your natural immune system strong as well, which the Bible tells us we should take care of our bodies, and then you get sick very easily, it's because you didn't do what? You didn't have the due diligence to get off your Cokes and sodas and all your sugars and all your desserts and stuff and eat something strong enough to help your body. Today, man, the earth's so depleted. Oh, I, I could go over this for about an hour. don't have time. The earth's so depleted, even what they grow organically doesn't have the nutrients in it that it had just even 20, 50 years ago. If you don't supplement in some way, every good, even Christian doctor that really wants to help you will tell you, you're not going to get what your body needs to take care of it. Not today. But thank God we got something that will help us even beyond that. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Do I got your attention yet? Yes. All right, that's three of it. Good deal. Praise the Lord. My son, this is talking about, obviously in our day, New Testament, children of God, those who are born again would apply to us. My son, underline this please, give attention to my words. I'm going to go back over these. So I'm just going to read through here for a moment, and we're going to come back. Give attention to my words. Give attention to what? To what? To what? To what? Out loud, please. Say God's word. Give attention to my words. This is the Lord speaking. 21, excuse me, end of 20. Incline your ear to my sayings. Underline that. There's four things revealed here. Incline your ear to my sayings. 21, underline this. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Now, if you don't want health or healing, just ignore me today. Take a nap. Just don't snore. So you don't wake up the person next to you or, or distract the person next to you that's trying to hear today. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Next thing, well, underline this. Keep them in the midst of your heart. There's four things. We're going to go over them. There's four things that will not just help you to overcome something that is major in your body that you're dealing with or even damage in your body, but it will also do what? It'll also help you walk in divine health. Amen. Read on, please. Verse 22. For they, what they, what they, so the focus of 20 and 21 is his words. His word. So the they is his word. They, his words, watch this, are life. Now that's the equivalent in the Hebrew text of the Old Testament to the Greek word in the New Testament called zoe, or the God kind of life. That's the equivalent in the Hebrew language. His word is what it is. We're going to say in the context of what would it be in the Greek, zoe, it's easier to say it. It would be the God kind of life to those who what? Find them. Oh, you got to find them. Yes. Yeah, underline that, please. To those who find them. Key point. We're going to come back to that. 
Notice it's 20, uh, end of 22. And health to what? Tell me. A little louder, please. Like you want to be healed and well and strong in body. Say it a little louder, please. Say health to all their flesh. Now, the word health here is interesting, which you all, most of you have been in this church any length of time know this. The word health there is the word for medicine, literally, in the Hebrew. If you go back to the Hebrew language, it states it, and my words are medicine to all your flesh. How much of your flesh? How much of your flesh? So this just wouldn't involve dealing with disease and sickness. This wouldn't involve any damage that's been done, anything that needs to be repaired, restored, whatever. Wouldn't that still be a part of your flesh? What is a medicine to all your flesh? The Word of God is. Word of God is. 23, keep your heart with all diligence. Guard it. Guard it. The word keep there is to guard it. The heart is your inner spirit, man. And that is where you have to guard this context of the Word of God. Keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it, out of your heart comes what? Out of your heart spring the issues of life. The phrase here is the very source of life. Question, where does healing come from? The life of God. Where does disease and sickness come from? The death of Satan. So if you want the life of God, how many want that? The God kind of life, which includes what? Includes health. Includes healing. Where does it come from? Out of my heart. Say it's coming from out of my heart. What's that mean? It's coming from out of your spirit, man. 24. Notice this. Put away from you what? A deceitful mouth. Uh Uh-oh. Put away from you what? A deceiving, a devious mouth. Saying things that you know, obviously you shouldn't be saying. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. What's perverse? Contrary to the word of God. So deceitful would mean you know what you're saying is wrong, shouldn't be saying it, but you say it anyway. Perverse would be saying things that you don't realize go, perverse here is contrary to. Right? Don's a great woodworker. Bill's a great woodworker. Don builds these incredible custom, custom cabinets. Question, is it easier to cut a piece of wood going with the grain or against it? With the grain. Well, this phrase here, notice this in relationship to this context, and put perverse lips far from you. Perverse means you're going against the grain. Contrary to the way of what God said to go. So if you cut wood with the grain, it's much easier. If you, go, if you try to cut against it, I mean, you can get it done. But if you cut against it, it's much harder. Man, Christians are making this way too hard for themselves. <laughs> Christians are making this way too hard for themselves. I don't know if you're glad I'm back or not. Perverse means you're going contrary to what God says by what you say. God says you're healed. You say you're sick. God says you're well. You say you're not. Put perverse lips. You keep speaking contrary to God's word. You're cutting across the word. You're going against the word of God. And you're going to do what? You're going to make this really hard for you to walk in health and healing. You can't walk in health and healing and keep speaking against it. You just keep declaring, I'm sick. Oh, it's flu season. I'll probably get the flu. You probably will. Oh, you know, and on you go, you know. It doesn't mean we deny what's there. We deny it's right to exist in our life because Jesus redeemed us from it. By his stripes, your Passover lamb, he made it possible so that death would have to pass you by. Doesn't mean it don't visit your door. You just don't open the door. Notice this, verse 25, which by the way, that includes what comes out of your mouth. So part of how death tries to get in your door is thoughts come to you. For you to talk about your problem, talk about your pain, talk about your issues, your you know, all your uh, symptoms and all the stuff you're dealing with. Listen, man, deal with them and shut up, move on and start declaring God's word. Because you keep speaking against the grain, you open the door and say, come on in here. Your tongue sets on fire the course of nature. 
You're living in a day which you've been seeing in your yesterdays, like it or not. If you don't believe that, you don't believe the Bible, uh, God can't even help you. James 3 said so. Notice this, verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Uh-oh. Well, it means straight ahead. You better get focused on the right things in your life if you want to walk in the healing God has for you. If you keep focusing your eyes on the wrong things, feeding on the wrong things of this world, contrary to God's word, they're going to get in your heart, they're going to come out your mouth, and you're going to again be speaking perverse things, contrary to God's word. Let your eyes look straight ahead. I said I was going to read these and not t- preach them. Here I'm preaching them. Notice, and your eyelids, let your eyelids look right before you. 26, ponder, a great place to do it, is in Ponder, Texas. Ponder the path of your feet. So I'm in the right place for that. Why? Because not only what you look at can hurt you, but what about where your feet take you? What about where, where you go, what you listen to, what you, who you hang out with? All these things can affect what you believe by listening to it. If I'm allowing my feet, this isn't really talking so much about sin, although included. If I keep choosing to do things sinful that I know I shouldn't, I'm going to reap the results of that. God's not going to punish me. Bible's clear. Jesus bore that punishment. But if I keep walking contrary to what God's word, you can't walk contrary to faith and get the benefit of what faith provides. Some of you might get that after lunch. You can't keep walking contrary to how the Bible says faith works. You can't walk your feet, what, how you live. You can't walk contrary to how faith works and then think God's going to keep you well because it takes faith. You're not earning it. You're putting your faith in what Jesus did. And let, notice this last part of verse 26, let all your ways be what? Established. So what's the focus here so far in verses 20 down through 26? The word. How do I make sure that all of my ways are established? Establish your life on the word. Amen. Establish your life on what God says about you. Why do, I, why do you think, you think I'm just trying to bore you and we got nothing else to do to say, hey, come on, make your confession. I am who God says I am. Have what God says I have. Can do what God says I can do. See, you're acknowledging all your ways as being established on what God says. Not what you say or anybody else says. 27, do not, watch this, do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil because again, if you keep living in a form of a sinful aspect of lifestyle, yeah, you could hurt your life. You know, if you're sleeping around and you get some kind of sexual disease, don't blame God that he didn't protect you. You shouldn't have been sleeping around. You shouldn't have been doing things to cause that door to be open. Better, better amen than that. Okay, go back to verse 20. I'm going to give you four things today in a very short period of time. Normally I teach on these several, several services, but I want to get it all in on one teaching so you can hear it over and over and over again. Four things he gave you that will do two things for your life. Four things, that, four things he gave you that will do two things in your life. This will cause you, if you want to, this will cause you to walk in divine health if you do what these verses say. But if you're dealing with something in your body that you've had hands laid on you, hasn't gone, anointed oil hasn't gone, I would say your faith level may not be there yet or you're just not understanding how to receive it simply. But this will help you. This will help you to deal with chronic issues, chronic challenges. One of the ones that always comes to mind when I teach on this is our pastor's pastor's wife. Our pastor, Dr. Mark Barclay's pastor was John Osteen, not Joel. John Osteen, nothing against Joel. I'm just telling you, I don't have any qualms about saying it. He's not a pastor. His dad never put him in that position. Uh, I love him. He's a sweet guy. He loves the Lord. But he won't do what a pastor is supposed to do. Sorry, but he doesn't. But his dad was a great pastor. Probably one of the greatest pastors on the planet, certainly of his day. Uh, You know, Joel, honestly, even to this day, a lot of people see Joel's church as big. It was like three times that size when John Osteen was here. So John Osteen was our pastor's pastor for 27 years. 
His wife, Dodie, most of you know her story, was get, actually given a report of terminal cancer, sent home, can't help you, you're going to die, sorry, but, you know, we've checked every way possible, nothing we can do. Guess what she did? She went and had hands laid on her, didn't work. She had anointing with oil, didn't work. She, Brother Osteen took her to every famous healing evangelist minister that he knew, hands laid on her, prayed over her, nothing worked. And finally, she started seeking out to the Lord, Lord, how come this isn't working? And guess what God said? You're going to have to learn to get this on your own. Amen. Because most Christians are relying on the faith of another minister or somebody else to get their healing. And the problem is, you're not going to maintain your health by doing that. Satan won't stop attacking you. And if you don't learn this yourself, you're not going to be able to walk in the health and the healing that I have for you. Now, that was man, I don't know. I, I know for sure at least over 15 years ago. How, how long? She's still alive. She's still cancer-free, healthy as a, healthy as, I don't know why we use the term horse, but healthy as a horse. Why do we say that, Becky? Come on. You're a horse person. You should know this. Healthy as a horse, right? I don't, I've known some horses that weren't real healthy. <laughs> but that woman is still alive today. And I'm, telling, I'm going to tell you why. Two reasons she's still alive today. Number one, this was a chronic illness. This was a chronic thing. She put this into practice. Took her over a year. Took her over a year. She was told she would die within three months. Not only did this start sustaining her through her battle, which was not easy. She still dealt with pain and challenges in her body and battled in her body, but she never gave up. She continued to do what these scriptures said to do, taking the medicine of God. And guess what? It was working. Even when she didn't feel it, it was working. Why? God's medicine works. So she began to apply this in her life every single day, three times a day, by the way. Three times a day, morning, noon, and night. Three times a day. I'll show you in a minute. And as she began to apply this, a little over a year later, she goes back to the doctor and guess what? You have no cancer. We don't know where it went. Now, they knew John, of course. They knew their ministers and all that. They said, you're God. He has come through. He said, sure, he always does. But it was because I learned to apply his word. Amen. You know what she still does today? I don't think she does it three times a day. But there ain't a day in her life that goes by that she still doesn't feed on what I'm about to teach you. And this is why she's so healthy. Amen. Brother Hagin did the same thing. Your choice. You don't have to live in divine health. You can keep allowing this stuff to get on you, mess with you for however long you want, or you can choose to build your spiritual immune system Amen. and walk in divine health. I like the latter. How about you? You know the other cool thing? Nothing against anybody that does. Thank God for doctors. Say thank God for doctors. You know the other cool thing? You don't have to spend all this money on doctors and medicines and all this kind of stuff. I'm not against them. Not against them at all. But God gave us medicine. I said, God gave us medicine. It does cost you. It does cost you. No, it don't cost me things. Sure it does. Most certainly does. You know what it costs you? Time. Cost him his life. But it'll cost you time. If you don't take the time, most valuable thing you have in your life, to take the medicine won't work. So it will cost you something. You're not paying for it. Just means, guess what you got to do? You got to make the time to take the medicine. Listen to this. Number one, my son, do what? Give attention to my words. Write this down. Write this down uh, in relationship to however you want to word it. But if you want to walk in what I'm talking about today, dealing with any chronic issue in your life or walking in divine health and or both, number one, you must make God's word a priority. Period. You must make God's word a priority. And not just any context of God's word. As it relates to this, what do we need to be focusing on? What the Bible says about our healing. We need to find what does Scripture actually teach us. 
we have available to us through what Jesus did. Well, that's what's going to help you understand, first of all, the very medicine of God's Word to be able to help get your body healthy, strong, and well, deal with any parts that need to be fixed. If you don't, number one, give attention to God's Word here, forget about it working. Forget about it working. Now, I don't know about you, you know, I wasn't the greatest student in school I mean, my gosh, my life after 13, I got on the back of my first bull. I got slammed on the ground within two seconds. All the air knocked out of me. Thought I was going to die. When my air finally came back in my lungs and I got up on my feet, my dad looked at me and said, you want to do that? I said, this is what I want to do. Not like get slammed on the ground every time. I wanted to, I wanted to conquer that bull. I wanted to make that a, a, a thing I could do, that I could overcome and conquer these bulls. Now, I don't know why. I have no idea. Don't even, don't even for a moment think that I know why I did. Just the challenge of it, I don't know. I just something I want to do, just to overcome and defeat that challenge in my life. But I'm here to tell you something, folks. The only way that I could accomplish that goal as it relates to what I was chasing after is I had to pay attention to what I was being taught by people that knew what the heck they were doing. Once I found somebody that knew how to do it, if I wouldn't have paid attention to what they were saying, guess what? It wouldn't have helped me a bit. I would have kept right on going being a failure. I would have kept right on going being somebody who would have never got even my pro, pro card, which I did. But God had other plans. Changed my life. Glad he did, by the way. But I'm just here to tell you, folks, first and foremost, in relationship to what you and I do, we got to get, do what? Make the word of God a priority. We got to give attention to the word. So after 13, getting slammed on my back for the first time and getting up, all the rest of my time in school was just barely get by, get my grade, get out of there, because all I was looking to do was go to the next rodeo. Get on the next bull. Go to the next bull riding pen. So guess what I did very little of in school? Paid attention. <laughs> Therefore, I didn't benefit from what my teachers had to offer in a lot of ways that I could have. Whether you know it or not, I'm already preaching better than you. Amen. Because the word here to give attention to, give attention to my word, that word attention means pay attention. Yes. Pay attention. If you're not paying attention to what God's word says, it won't work. Won't work. You can take healing verses and read them, but not pay attention to them. That's right. So you listen to what they're saying? Are you focused on that and nothing else at the time? Because to make God's word a priority doesn't mean you just say, okay, I want to receive God's medicine. I'll do what pastor said. I'll go find some healing verses. I'll confess them and then go do everything else that's so much more important in my life that day to get done. See, here's the thing about taking God's medicine. It's not quite as simple as taking a little vitamin, pop it in your mouth, drinking some water, and it's done. It's not quite that simple. To pay attention means I got to truly give it my full attention and hear what it's saying and let it penetrate into my heart. Where does life come from? Out of my heart. Where do I need to get that word working at? In my heart, where faith resides. So the problem is, if I'm just going to go through the motions, I want to say this very clearly. If I'm just going to go through the motions of these four things mentally, mental ascent, and not really take time to really focus on, listen to, and hear what the word says, even though I'm reading the same verses day after day after day, every day I still got to give full attention to that word and really pay attention to what it's saying as I'm reading it and confessing it and declaring it over my life. If I'll do that, which is a little harder than just popping a pill in your mouth, but if I'll do that, guess what it'll do? It'll get in my heart. It'll get where it needs to go to bring medicine into my body from out of my spirit man. So I've got to do what? I've got to give God's word my attention. It's got to become a priority in my life. Now, I would encourage you, if you want to live in the day you live in with all the stuff going on around in this world, you better be doing this every day if you want to keep your spiritual immune system strong. 
You know, I, I'm sad to, today to still see places we go, even on this trip. A lot of people in Tennessee, man, a lot of people there are still wearing masks that work different places. And I just look at them and I just go, man, Lord, I wish every one of these people would attend a church like mine. I wish they were under a pastor that would teach them the truth, that they've not been given a spirit of fear. If they are born again, most of them say they are. And that they could understand. I did run into one gal. Anybody know where I went, went and ate while I was there? I pretty much lived at Sunliner Dadder. Every morning, almost every afternoon, I was at Sunliner Dadder. The reason that's so important to me, my grandma was a waitress. Sorry, I don't say server. I'm not in all the proper, you know, current wording today. They're a server. No, my, my grandma would have told you I was a waitress. You know, there's a waiter, there's a waitress. It's okay to recognize male, female. It's all right. She was a waitress, little diner in Pueblo, Colorado, where I was born. So when I go back there and visit with my dad, it was cool. We got to go to the diner where my grandma was actually a waitress. And she waited on us. And she took good care of her grandparents. She made sure we always got a big cinnamon roll at the end of our meal. I better get off food. I'll get you distracted. You won't pay attention. So I like going there because it kind of reminds me of that. But I was there one day, and as I was there, there was a gal sit, come up, sat next to me, a little older lady, and her, her daughter works there, and she was overdoing something. She's kind of talking through me, you know, to her daughter, and I'm just sitting there trying to eat my food, you know. And like I've told you, pay attention. Don't just the world ain't all about you. Think about what you have opportunity to help people with, right? And she finally, she kind of looked at me. She said, I'm so sorry talking over you. I said, no, you're okay. Not bother me. I'll go right ahead, man. Praise the Lord. Just keep eating my omelet, eating my grits, and you know, eating my breakfast there, and eating my food, you know. And after a while, her daughter walked away, and she turned and looked at me and said something. And she was talking about, like, the, you know, what was going on the day we're living and stuff. And I said, are you a believer? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know Jesus. No mask on her. And I said, listen, honey. I said, you and I don't have to worry about all this stuff coming down the pipe. You walk with Jesus. You go to church. Oh, yeah, man. I'm in church every time the door's open. Praise God. You, you keep doing that. You got a good pastor? Sure do. I said, I could tell. And I said, you stick with it. Because I'll tell you right now, if you walk in the light of the truth of God's word, of what God has for you, you ain't got to worry about nothing coming. And I mean, it got into me talking about all kinds of stuff, end times and everything. Man, her, her daughter walked by. He's a pastor. He's a, so you want to tell the whole, whole restaurant. He's a pastor. Then she found us a bull rider. And he was, she comes by another time. He's a bull rider. He was a bull rider. Well, we know so-and-so that used to rodeo and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, so thank God there are some good believers out there. But you know what? They're far and few between. And sadly, most of them are just walking in fear. I'm going to tell you why, folks, because they don't pay attention they don't attend to God's word. I mean, look at the average Christian doesn't even go to church today. Let alone take time to feed on the word themselves. I've told this to so many people. I said, you know, I've had people tell me, well, my job doesn't permit me to go to church. You better be one severe child of God if you don't go to church. I'm not saying that you have to go to church context, quote unquote, in relationship to like a fivefold minister. I mean, I go to church, obviously I'm here preaching, teaching. I get stuff off, off it as well. But there's traveling ministers like Brother you know, Terry or something in the day of missionary work. You're not in church. You're actually out doing starting work. But you better be one severe believer. Most Christians aren't the believer, the severe believer of a fivefold ministry. You don't have the time like I get to, to spend in the word and pray and stuff, which I'm called to do. Not, no, it doesn't mean you don't get in the word and pray. I'm talking about to the degree that I do. So realize this, as I was again acknowledging what I was recognizing about my life as a kid growing up, I got so bad in class, guess what I got reports from my teachers to my parents about all the time? If he would just pay better attention. 
if he would just pay better attention. Man, are you kidding me? I'm looking out the window. I had a bucking machine sitting down in my backyard, man. In between classes, you know, some of my classes, you know, we'd have like 15 to 20 minutes. I'd run down there for five minutes and get on that bucking machine and run back and make my next class. I'm just a block away. Hate to say it, sorry to say it, I ditched classes to go ride a bucking machine. So let me help you. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Christians today. Guess what they're doing in church today? They ain't paying attention. They're thinking more about when's this preacher going to get done? We're going to get out of here. I didn't say you. Don't give yourself away by being so quiet. But I'm going to guarantee you what, folks. If you don't do this on a day in and day out basis, how's this medicine going to work for you? It won't. It won't. The first key for this medicine to work, this word, especially on healing, has to be a priority to me, meaning that I give it my attention, but I do it in a way that it's actually getting into my heart every day, day in and day out, so that life is rising up within me and keeping me well. Number two, same verse. Give attention. Well, let me give you some scriptures for these. I told you I would do that. You can write them down if you want, or I'll just quote them to you either way. Matthew 4, 4. Write that down. Matthew 4, 4. I was going to turn to some. We might turn to a couple here in a minute, but this you'll know. Jesus in the time of temptation in the wilderness, being tempted to turn stones into bread after 40 days, by the way, of fasting and prayer. He literally, the devil trying to tempt him to turn that bread into stones said, nope, nope, not doing that. But he went on to say what? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Listen to that. Man does not live. You want true life? You want Zoe life? Man doesn't live healthy, strong, well by bread alone. It's not enough. It's not enough. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what Jesus was saying, if you want to experience true life, which includes healing and health, guess what you're going to have to have? Word of God. Word of God. Physical, quote-unquote, food alone is not going to do it. You need it. But I'll guarantee you what, it's not going to do it. What must you have? You must have the word of the living God. So in that phrase, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God, think about this. Do you know the average doctor, most medical scientists tell us that if you went four days without food or water, now if you had water, no food, you could go up to two, three weeks. No food, no water, none. No access to food or water. You would die within how many days? Anybody know how many days? Average, they say four days, you'll be dead. No food, no water. Think about this. Let's, you see this all the time. How many of you ever seen a news article like if somebody got caught up on a mountain somewhere, something couldn't get down, whatever, had no way to eat, you know, and, you know, people knew they went there and they send rescuers and they find them, you know, after days. And I mean, some of them obviously sadly died, but some still barely alive. So let's say you go up on this mountain, you find this guy, he's still barely alive. He's going into his fourth day. If you get him food, he's going to live. You bring him down off the mountain, you put him in a helicopter, you fly him back down, take him to the nicest uh, a restaurant in town, sit him down, bring him all the food he needs, guess what? He still doesn't have what he needs to survive. You listening to me? You put all that food in front of him, and if he just sits there and says, man, that smells good. Wow. Check, here I go talking about food again. See, before long. Smell that. So they brought me some Dollywood cinnamon loaf bread. Wow, smell that. La Hacienda fajita. Woo. Smell those mesquite grilled fajitas. And he just looks at all that food and he just sits there and looks at it. Guess what's going to happen in a day? He's going to die. And it's not because he didn't have the food to survive. He didn't partake of it. He didn't feed on it. So let me add to the priority of number one of God's word. You got to be feeding on it. 
Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word. What's that mean? I got to feed on the word. Now, this is only if you want it for healing and health. Anybody want that? You got to feed on that. You got to feed on that word, taking time to listen to what it says, as we're going to get into showing you how to do this, to be able to actually feed on that word and get it into your heart. You're not going to do that by just quickly reading it, speaking it out loud, running off and doing your thing. You're going to have to learn if you want to walk in divine health or healing, or you know that you know the day that Dodie Osteen, Osteen, however long it was, I think it was over a year. Think about this. The day that she walked into that doctor, and she was going through checkups all through that process. But when she walked in that doctor, and that doctor looked at her and said, no more cancer. You know what she didn't say? Man, I wished I wouldn't have actually fed on the word every day for over a year. Nor did she even care how long it took. You know, she probably said nothing about the time it took. You know what she did? She just started rejoicing. You know why? Because she knew it would work. People get hung up on the time frame. Let me help you. If you're not going to do this, you're not willing to get rid of stuff in your body. Because some of this stuff has a strong hold in our bodies. And it ain't going to come out necessarily just in a few words you speak. Any good amens on that? So number one, you got to make God's word a priority. Give God's word attention. Simply mean what? Pay attention. Pay attention. Don't just read the scriptures and look at them. Pay attention to them. Number two, in the same verse, verse 20, you got to do what? Incline your ear. To God's word. Write that down. Write that down. I got to incline my ear to God's word. Say that. I got to incline my ear to God's word. So now you are starting to do what I'm talking about. Now you are actually starting to feed on it. Now you're starting to feed on it. Number one, give attention to it. So I got to pay attention. I got to give time to the word of God. I got to go to the word of God as I'm going to show you in a minute. I got to find scriptures that God speaks to me about. But once I find them, what do I got to do? Two, I got to incline my ear to that. How do you incline your ear to the word of God? How do you incline your ear to the word of God? I did more than find the verses. I did more than write them down. I did more than look at them every day. How do I incline my ear to it? You ready? You got to speak it. How hard is that to figure out? Come on, let's bring a kindergartner back in here and we'll teach them. They'll get this in no time at all. For me to incline my ear to God's word, I got to speak that word. I got to declare that word. I can't just read it. I got to declare it. I got to speak it. He said, this is how it works. How many want God's medicine? This is how it works. You got to attend to it. You got to give it your full attention, but you got to also do what? You got to hear it. God inclined. Faith comes by. So I got to hear. I got to incline my ear to that. And that's not going to happen unless you say it. This is what Dodie did. She spoke that word over her every single day. Now, here's what I'm going to show you in a minute in conclusion. Here's how she would do it. She would acknowledge that verse and she would say, Dodie, that's you. This is you, Dodie. This is you, Dodie. You, by the stripes of Jesus, your body has already been healed. Your body has already been raised up and delivered from all destruction. God sent his word to you to do it, Dodie. Therefore, his word is truth. And I believe the truth. And I believe, therefore, my body's healed and delivered from all destruction. Hardest thing to get Christians to do is focus on what God said, not what their body tells them. So number two, I got to incline my ear to what he says. I do that by speaking the word. Say, I got to speak the word. Say it again, please. So you and I have to do what? Speak the word of God. In Isaiah 5.13, the Bible talks about, let's look at this one because we're close. Just hold your place there for just a minute. Don't lose Proverbs 4, okay? Just turn on over, uh, over to Isaiah. Just turn over ahead to Isaiah chapter 5 for a minute real quick. Isaiah chapter 5. To hear or incline your ear to God's saying, you got to speak it. You got to say what it says. Look at this in Isaiah 5. Isaiah 5, verse 13. 
Still with me? Isaiah 5 verse 13. Now, being taken captive in relationship to anything Scripture talks about for me and you in the New Testament would mean that we've come under the control of anything that we should not be. Well, that would include disease and sickness. A lot of people have been taken captive, sadly, by pain and suffering, disease and sickness, but we don't have to. I said we don't have to. Look at Isaiah 5.13. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity. They've gone into captivity because they have no what? No knowledge. Their honorable men, therefore, are what? Famished, and their multitude do what? They dry up with thirst. How is it they have no knowledge? You could look at something and still not know it. You could look at a verse and still not know it in your heart. When we get knowledge, guess what we do? We come out of captivity. When we get knowledge of what God says, we come out of captivity. How do I come to know? How do I come to know what God has said is true? By hearing it. By speaking it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you don't want to be taken captive by pain and suffering in your body, who does? Anybody want, want to be taken over by pain and suffering in your body? So if you don't want to be taken captive by that, what can you not lack? Knowledge. Knowledge of what? God's word. You know, Brother Hagin used to say this all the time. Powerful statement. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Well, how do you know the will of God? You do so more than by just looking at it. You got to declare it. Got to start speaking it because faith comes by hearing by the word of God. So you got to declare God's word. Now included in this, I don't have time. I would normally do my little cowboy dying little illustration. But included in this, incline my ear to his sayings. Number two on verse 20. Guess what else you got to do? You got to turn your ear away from everything else. I can't, I'm not going to incline my ear to what God says and keep listening to what everybody else is saying. If I had two people standing here in this room, I don't have time to illustrate. If I had one over here talking, one over here talking, they're talking quietly, they're talking quietly. For me to hear what either one's saying, guess what I'm about to do? I'm about to draw away from one and draw closer to the next one. This word incline your ear means to lean over, get close to. So when you're saying God's word, you can't just say God's word and keep listening to what the world says. You got to tune that out. You got to stop listening to all the lies and all the garbage of the world that tells you that you're going to have to be sick. You're going to have to deal with pain and suffering, just part of life. Go through with it. Praise God. That's not what the Bible teaches. So you got to pull away from all the wrong voices and draw to the one voice. God's word. If you want health and healing, this is the voice you got to listen to. And nobody will give it greater voice than you. Nobody. Not even your pastor. I can't preach on healing every week, but you can speak it every day. You can be taking that medicine every day. You're not taking God's medicine if you're not giving attention to it and doing what? Hearing it. You got to hear it to take it. So if you're not listening to it, you're not inclining your ear by speaking it, you're still not taking the medicine. You can read the verses, but that's not taking the medicine. You got to decree it. Got to declare it. Thus saith the Bible. You still with me? Verse 21 in verse 21, we find the third point. Do not let them, what them? What them? Tell me out loud, please. Do not let them depart from where? From where? Look at it. Come on, verse 21. Do not let them depart from where? Your eyes. Now, this is the tough one. This is the hard one for most Christians. This is the difficulty for, for most Christians, but you got to get it. You got to get your focus on one thing. One thing. Do not let my words depart from your eyes. Focus. Use the word focus there instead of eyes. Do not let my word depart from your focus. In other words, guess what becomes your focus? The word. Nothing else. Nothing else. In relationship to like racehorses, example, have you ever seen a racehorse? They put what they call blinders on them. And they do it because they're so high strung. Man, I worked on a ranch one time. Took care of all the yearling colts. 
at the T90 Ranch up in Washington, it was my responsibility to go feed them little boogers, give them all the little vitamins they needed, all the stuff they needed, yearlings. The little yearling colt, I mean, man, you talk about spirited, hybrid for, you know, racing thoroughbred. So they're so pumped up when they get in that, you know, when they load them in that gate. What they don't want them doing is looking at every other thing around, horses, all the noil. So they put blinders on them. Guess what they want them looking at? Down that track, man, because that's where you're going. That's all they want them looking at. As a believer, you need to get blinders on. You listening? You got to get your eyes off your body, off what you feel, off of what everybody else says. Gotta get do it. Gotta put blinders on all that. And you gotta do what? One focus, the word of God. Yeah. You're not taking God's medicine if you don't just focus on it. Right. If you're allowing the pain in your body to dictate whether you're healed or not, if you're allowing what other people say to dictate whether you're well or not, guess what you're not gonna get? God's medicine to work for you. You're allowing stuff to enter in, to, excuse me, to bring doubt to enter into your heart and counteract what the word of God's trying to do. So, number three, you got to get your focus on what? One thing. One thing. I want to show you this verse. I'll hold your place here. Hebrews 11. Come on, easy. Go to Hebrews 11. Are you still with me? Yes. Hebrews 11. I am going to give an opportunity for anybody that would like to. Now, I'm not going to have it ready like by tomorrow. This is so important. This teaching here is so important. I will make it available on a sign-up sheet for everybody that wants it to get it by CD, and I'll give it to you free. So you'll listen to it over and over and over again and get it. God wants you well. I want you well. Your pastor wants you well. So realize, I got to put blinders on. Say blinders. I got to look at one thing. What am I looking at? What does God's word say? Yeah, but ooh, oh, I'm dealing with paint. What does the Bible say? Don't consider that. We already got over some of this, but I don't have time to go back there. You can write down Romans chapter 4. How did Abraham become the father of a multitude? He did not consider his body. Didn't consider Sarah's body. He didn't consider that. What did he consider? Just what God said. He put blinders on. He took them off for a while. Hello, Hagar. Hello, Ishmael. Yeah, he took them off for a while, but then he got them back on. You might take them off for a while, but if you just put those blinders back on, that medicine will go right back to work. But God's medicine doesn't work by you not focusing on just what the Word of God says. You've got to get beyond. If you're believing you're healed only by how you feel in your body, you'll never get healed. Never. You get healed because of what God said. God already said, I'm healed. It don't matter how I feel. Yeah, but then I'd be lying. No, you wouldn't be. You'd be saying what God says. Did God lie? Is God a liar? Did God say by his stripes you might be? You will be? When the pain's no longer there? Nope. He said by his stripes you are. Already done deal. Any amens on that? And this is how faith works. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance. Say substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of what? Tell me. Tell me out loud, please. Of things not seen. If I don't have healing manifest in my body yet, I can't see that in the natural. But it doesn't mean according to God in the spiritual, I don't have it. Just because I can't see it doesn't mean I don't have it. Just because I can't see it doesn't mean I don't have it. If God said I have it, if I want to change what's going on in my body, I got to see that I already have it. They'll say Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. You got to believe you receive when you pray. Well, you got to believe it's yours when you say. You didn't get that. You got to believe you receive when you pray, but you also got to believe that it's yours when you say it. You got to believe it's yours when you say it. Not just when you pray it, but when you say it. What are we doing on point number two? We're saying what God's word says. Well, number three, you got to believe that. You got to believe when you say it, it's so. Yeah, but my body, doesn't matter what your body says. Put your blinders on. 
Let the medicine go to work. Any good amens on that? Hebrews 11 tells you so. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. How many want a good testimony? Verse 3, by faith we understand the worlds itself that we are, one of which we're standing on. They were framed by what? What were they framed by? The word of God. What were they framed by? Tell me out loud, please. The word of God. So that even the things which are now seen were, were not made of things which are visible. Even though you can see the earth now, it came here. Not because it was seen before, but because God, who walks by faith, has blinders on. When he says something, it's going to happen. It's going to change what is seen. I don't go by what is seen. I go by what the Word of God says. So the only way for the medicine to work is you have to believe you're healed as you say it, not because you feel it. That's the hardest thing. Brother Hagin said the hardest thing to get Christians to do is do what Romans 4 says and what the book of Hebrews chapter 12 says, verse 2 and 3. To be able to not consider your body, but consider Jesus. What did Jesus do? That's what you consider. That's what you consider. Well, this is what you're doing when you go to healing scriptures every day. What do you consider? What's the word of God say? But you got to get to that place that you can switch over from going by what you feel or what others say. When people come up to you and you're battling something, well, Man, what's going on? How you doing? You getting any better? You feeling any better? By his stripes, praise God, I'm healed. I'm bad about it sometimes, even with people that I love and care about. Are you feeling better today? You know what you should tell me if I ever ask you that? You know what you should tell me? What God's word says, not what your body says. See, every time we even ask a believer, how you feeling today? Guess what we're telling them to do? Go by what you feel. You still with me? What's 2 Corinthians 4, 4 say? We walk by faith, not by sight. What is faith? The substance of things what? Hope for. What is it? The evidence of what I don't see. I don't have to see it to believe it. I could stand up here today, hold tile up to my truck, say, you know, not even see my truck in the room. I could hold this tile up and say, I own this truck. No, you don't. I don't see the truck. Yeah, the title says I do. Well, I don't see it. I don't care if you don't see it. The title says it's mine. Therefore, guess what? It's mine. I don't care if you see it or not. The title says it's mine. I hold the title before you. Yeah, but I can't see it. What does the title say? I'm going to say this phrase again. You have to believe what you say. It's true according to God's word. Not just what you pray, but what you say. You got to say what God's word says. The worlds were framed, the context of what was not even seen, by what God's words which at the time spoken weren't even seen manifest until after he spoke them. Say faith Faith. is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, evidence, that word's title deed. It's the title deed of what's not seen. What do I go by? Title deed. So if faith is that title deed, if faith is that substance that I, you know, get the blinders on and focus on, how in the world do I do that? Where does faith come from? Word of God. We're right back to Proverbs 4. What is faith based on? What did God say? Amen. What is the substance? The Word. What is the evidence? The Word. That's the title deed. That's the evidence right there. It's the same as faith because faith comes by the Word. You can't have faith for what God didn't say. You have faith for what God told you is yours. How do you have faith for it? He said so. 
Well, if he said so, what does that mean? There's words. There's words that have stated it somewhere. So what is the substance? God's word. What is the evidence? God's word. What do I put my blinders on to look at? God's word. If you do this with healing scriptures, the medicine's working. Whether you feel it or not. Because you don't go by how you feel. That's not what faith does. Well, I just don't think I can do this. You born again? Let, let, me, let me show you this. You ready this? You ready this? Here's a statement for somebody who's born again. What's another statement for somebody who's born again? See, y'all challenging me on these scriptures. You're going to maybe go over time today. What's the statement for some? What's another statement for somebody who's born again? What do we call them? A believer. If you're born again, you know what? But you've been changed in your heart, got a brand new spirit. Raise your hand if that's you. Okay, so now I'm going to acknowledge that you're a believer because the Bible says you got to believe. Jesus said you must believe. Right? So if you're born again, you're a believer. If you're a believer, raise your hand. I have a question for you. What do believers do? I thought that's what they did. Yeah. See, when Christians say, I can't do this, excuse me, you're just not learning to do what you've been made to do now. You've been made to believe. Back to Proverbs 4. Last part, number 4, verse 21. So we can't let them depart from our eyes. What's that mean? Focus. We can't take our focus off of God's word. Our focus day in, day out, morning, noon, and night has to be what does God's word say about When you feel the pain, you know what you do? Refocus. You just keep refocusing. Notice this. Last part of verse 21. You also got to do what with God's word? You got to keep it in the midst of your... You got to keep it in the midst of your... You got to keep it in the midst of your... Go to Mark chapter 4 in closing. What do you got to keep in your heart? The word. The word. So what is the word? It's a seed. It's referred to over and over again in Scripture, especially in Mark chapter 4, as a seed that will produce. If I have healing Scriptures that tell me that I've already got healing, what will those healing Scriptures do as a medicine if I take them properly? They'll produce it. They'll produce the healing. This is what's cool. Guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to produce the healing. What will produce the healing? God's Word. The medicine will. Say the medicine works. So the fourth thing we got to do is we got to do what? We got to keep God's word in our heart. So once I plant it there, I got to keep it there. I can't start by getting God's word in my heart and then allow it to all of a sudden be overrun and taken advantage of and therefore not work in my life. Look at Mark chapter 4, 26. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is if a man should do what? Scatter seed on the ground. Sleep by night, rise by day, the seed should do what? Sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Because the earth does what? The earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, what happens? He immediately puts in the sickle. Because what's happened? The harvest has come. Notice, first of all, God's word, which is referred to right before this in the parable of the sower. God's word is referred to as a seed. and That's what this is tied to. It's the context of how the kingdom works. The word is part of the kingdom of God. It's like scattering seed on the ground. You sleep by night, you rise by day. The seed does what? Notice verse 27. It will sprout and grow. You don't know how, but it works. You don't have to figure out how the word of God heals you. It works. 28, but the earth does what? What does it do? What's the earth here? So if you go back to the parable of the sower, that's your heart. That's the heart. That's the inner man of the heart. It's referring to in, in the parable of the sower. Your heart yields crops by itself. Well, how does it come up? First the blade, then the head. After that, what? The full grain in the head. See, when you start doing this, it's not like healing is going to manifest tomorrow. But it'll start growing. I said the medicine will go to work. It'll start growing. It'll start producing a harvest. To come, Jesus' name. 
Look at verse 30. He said, what shall we like in the kingdom? Well, here's another parable that we can picture with. It's like a mustard seed, which when it's sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it's sown, it grows up. Say it grows up. Well, that'll happen overnight. But it grows up and it becomes what? Greater than all the herbs. Shoots out large branches so the birds of the air may nest under its shade. I've taught you this before. What's mustard seed faith? It's not how small it is. It's something that you put to work in your heart and you keep it planted and it keeps growing and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and all of a sudden the harvest comes. You get the result. So number four, how do I keep God's word in my heart? You ready? So in the context we just told you of a seed of a farmer, if a farmer puts a seed in the ground and plants it and covers it up, what's he do? He doesn't go back the next day and dig it back up. Because if he goes and digs it back up, guess what he's going to do? He's going to kill that seed. Once you put the seed of God's word in your heart, what must you do? Keep the blinders on. Go to the word every day. Keep watering the seed that's there. Keep speaking God's word. And guess what will happen? By not digging that seed up, speaking contrary to it, going, like he said there in Proverbs 4, uh, your lips are perverse, speaking contrary to what God's word says. If you speak contrary to what God's word says about your healing, guess what you just did? You dug up your seed. Go plant it again. Go back through the process and keep doing it. Don't, but stop digging up your seed. You got to keep that word in your heart and give it time to produce. Give it time to grow. The blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. And here's the harvest. Let me help you. When, when Miss Dodie Osteen walked that out at the end of that time frame, she did not think about how long it took. She rejoiced in the harvest. But she continues to reap that harvest day in and day out because she continues to do this every day. Let me walk you through these four things real practical, give you a way how you apply this, okay? I got to back up real quick because I'm going to obey God here. I'm going to go back to Proverbs 4. You don't have to if you want. I'm going to point something out that I pointed out when we first went through those verses. I'm going to show you how to do this. You ready? Yes. I said, you ready? Yes. That's three of you again. In verse 22, talking about this process of the word being health to our, our flesh, all of our flesh, it says that the word is life to those who find them. It works as life to those who find them. I could give you verses. doesn't mean they won't help you. But you know what you need to do? You need to find the verses on healing that God speaks to you about. Amen. So here's what Dodie did. Let me give you her process of walking out Proverbs 4. It worked for anybody. She, after the Lord said, you're going to have to get this healing on her own. Even though she knew healing verses, guess what she did? She went back through her Bible. She took the time. See, this is what we don't want to do. So most Christians, I don't have the time. Then you don't want to be healthy and you don't want to fend off any type of attack and or deal with something that could change in your body because you won't take the time to do it. See, I told you it cost you. Taking God's medicine costs you what? Time. Time and attention. But she was willing to do it. So this lady went back to the Bible, found all the healing verses she knew of and even read and found more and she would write them down. Say write them down. She would write them down. Write the vision, make it plain. That you may run with it. So she would write the verses down, even though she knew most of them. She wrote them down. As she was going through this process, in the first handful of weeks of writing these verses down, certain verses stood out to her. Amen. Just, man, it's like, wow, I found that one. I, I don't know why I didn't notice that before. I don't know why that didn't speak to me before. So you got to find them. Find them. Certain verses will help you that other verses won't, that same verse won't help others. But there's other verses that will help them that for whatever reason don't get, get your attention. So she went through writing them down. Ones that stood out, guess what she did? She transferred them to another paper. She found the seeds of God's word she needed. Yes. That's right. 
Because there's so many healing verses to try to go over all of them would take quite a while. And she got them now down to a concise group of a set of verses that the Lord had revealed to her heart were significant for her to hold on to. Once she found those verses that she needed, here's what she did every day. She walked through the four steps. I'm going to attend to that every day. Three times a day, morning, noon, and night, she spent almost no less than 45 minutes, most of the time an hour. That's three hours a day. Yes, well worth it. Well, you can die from cancer or you can get rid of the cancer. Amen. Amen. Your choice. Amen. She'd get up early. She, well, she still had responsibilities. She never stopped taking care of any of her responsibilities at the church. None. She didn't go on a hiatus from doing what she had to do at the church. She continued everything she'd ever done before that. She got up earlier, hour earlier, stayed up an hour later, and in the, you know, in the middle of the day, a lot of times even rather than eat lunch, she'd take her time to do this. So every time, three days a week, I'm not saying necessarily have to do it three, day, three, times a day, excuse me, three times a day. She did this, though, three times a day, no less than a half an hour to an hour or more. She would go over those verses. She'd read them, and as she'd read through them, she'd go back over them. Now she'd read each one out loud, and she'd inject herself in there. This is you, Dodie. This is you. She began to declare, that's me. That's my body in Jesus' name. That's what the Word of God says. I focus on what the Word of God says. I'm giving my attention. I'm inclining my ear. How is she inclining her ear? What do you got to do? What do you got to do? You got to speak the Word. So she'd declare those verses out loud over her. And she'd say them over and over again. And then what do you got to do? Not only you got to incline your ear, but you got to do what? Keep focus on them. So she'd zero in on them, meditate on them, and speak them several times, even sometimes more than once, relationship to certain verses. And just declare them out loud, focus her attention on that, tuned everything else out of her life during that time of her life, and she continued to make sure she did not do anything to uproot the seed she had sown by speaking contrary. She told people around her, don't ask me how I feel. Literally told people, don't even ask me. Because all you're going to do is get me to focus on, my natu- on, the, on the body. I'm not focusing on that. I'm focused on what God's Word said. She even told Pastor John, John, I love you, but don't ask me how I feel today. I know the medicine works. I'm going to do what the Bible says. You don't need to ask me. I'm okay. Don't worry about it. God's my God. Just like he's your God, he'll do for me what he's done for you. So she made sure she didn't uproot that seed. And it worked. And it works for anybody. That or God lied. I don't believe God lied. How about you? His word is a medicine to all your flesh. So what do I got to do? One, got to give my attention to it. If you don't even start there, I would encourage every believer in this room to take the time to go to the Bible. Sadly, I know many don't, but you got to take the time to go to the Bible, go through healing verses. What should you do? What should you do? Write them down. Why? Because as you're writing them down, certain ones will stand out to you. They just stand out all of a sudden. As you're writing it down, man, it'll become real clear to you. This is a key verse for me. And as you go through, make note of those verses. Find all the healing verses you can in the Bible. We've even got a sheet back there that's got healing verses on it. But again, you've got to find the ones that speak life to you. Amen. And it's amazing how you can take one verse that brings revelation to one, but that don't help anybody else. But you bring another verse in, and that brings revelation to another. God knows how to speak to your heart. This is another place where most Christians miss it. They just take verses people give them. They don't take time to find the ones that speak to them. But if you write those verses down and then find the ones that speak to you, make a second list. I would cut it down to like no more than six to eight verses. Cut it. You're better off to get it zeroed down to some really powerful, you know, strong verses, even maybe three or four to eight. But much more than that, I mean, that's a lot of verses. But just focus on ones that really speak to you. And then what do you do? It's real simple. Apply the, pro- pro- apply the process. One, I'm going to tend to those words every day. How do you take the medicine? I'm going to give my attention. I'm going to pay attention to them. I'm not just going to read through them. 
I'm going to pay attention to them, right? Meditate on them, speak over them several times. I'm going to climb my ear. I'm going to keep saying it. And even throughout the rest of the day, as those verses come to my mind, I can keep saying it. Keep declaring that's who I am. Come on, somebody. That's going to become my focus. I'm putting my blinders on. Don't care what my body says. I, you know, faith without works is dead. Well, obviously, if you believe you're healed, what do you do? Start acting like it. And she did. She told her church family from the pulpit, she said, when I would pray for you, because it was part of what she did during the services with Pastor John, she said, when I would pray with you, I was in so much pain sometimes from this attack on my body that I felt like I needed you to pray for me. But I ignored it, and I simply obeyed God and did what I was told to do. See, faith doesn't act like it's not healed. Come on, somebody. Faith don't curl up in a bed and say, well, I hope this will work. I mean, if your bed fast can't walk, it'll still work. You listening? But even Brother, Brother Hagen, to get healed once he believed the word, what did he have to do? He had to pull those dead legs over to the side of the bed, drop them on the floor, pull himself up and declare the word of God. And guess what? Healing the power of God came on him. So understand this. You got to do what? Number three, blinders on. I got to focus on God's word, nothing else, not my body. If you got to tell other people around you, tell them, quit asking me how I feel. Amen. All that's going to do is get me focused on my body. Right? right? Yes. And then number four, I got to keep the word in my heart. Quit digging it up. Don't speak contrary to God's word. Don't say, uh, again, understandably what's going on in your body is, is there. We're not saying that you can't ever talk about it to somebody in a situation where you would have to with a doctor or something, which she did through visits. But she would tell the doctor, I know God's at work. Praise God in Jesus' name. I'm healed of this. Thank you for helping me. But I thank God. I know you can't. There's nothing you can do other than just check me out. But in Jesus' name, she said, I'm healed. Praise the Lord. And it's not like being defiant in relationship to other people. It's just not focusing on those things and not digging up the seed that's there. Did you get a hold of this today? We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.